0: Welcome to the final episode of season two of the What I Wish a New podcast. Today I sit down with Kat Carson, freelance tour, event, and stage manager. Kat Carson is currently residing in Austin, Texas, and working for various theater companies around town, as well as um, a nine to five job as an executive assistant. She graduated from College Park here in the Woodlands, as well as Texas State University San Marcos, with a BFA in production and performance with an emphasis in stage management. Her most recent credits include being the stage manager manager for Atlas Shrugged at Austin Shakespeare, stage manager for Champions of Magic international tour, and tour manager for Dinosaur World Live US tour. In this episode, Kat shares about her passion for the live pers- live and in-person events where that came from how she loves to be able to share the joy and the experiences with complete strangers. She also shares about how COVID in the last year has really changed her industry and how she hopes to be back on the road soon. Her Just Say Yes motto motto, has been the main thing that has prepared her for her career of traveling around the world late nights and working with different teams throughout different shows. Kat's passion for her work is very evident in this episode, and I hope to one day be able to attend one of the shows that she's working with when it comes to town. We also hope that you guys have enjoyed our season two of the What I Wish a New podcast. We will be back in the fall for season three with new guests, new questions, and new opportunities for you to learn from our local young professionals. Hi, Kat. How are you? Hi. So glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Yes. Well, thank you for for joining us today. Um, as I was telling you before, before we started recording, um, we've had a ton of different young professionals from various fields. Um, but I think you're our first, like, arts and theater and kind of on the art side of the profession, so I'm really excited to get to know you and hear your story and um, share, share it with our listeners, so thanks so much for joining me today.
1: Yeah, and thanks for having me. I'm so excited to share about art. A lot of people don't understand that left and right brain can go together,
0: so yeah, I'm really excited. Yes, I'm one of those that struggle with them going together, so. <laughs> no worries. So, I've given a little bit of introduction to our listeners um, at the beginning of this podcast, but just tell us a little bit about yourself, a little bit of your background and where you are now. Sure, no worries. Um, So background
1: of me is that I am primarily um, in the theater industry. Right now, due to COVID, theater is not really a thing. It's trying to be, but um, so I've had to get a traditional nine to five, um, and I love it. It's a great job, and it's a Um, I'm an executive assistant for a rental company that does um, party rentals and things like that. So I'm still in the like entertainment industry, but just on a different side. So I still get to understand and use the lingo that I normally use in theatrical settings, but on a different scale, which is pretty cool. But typically when COVID is not a thing or hopefully will not be a thing, um, I am a tour, event, and stage manager, all three different titles, Um, but in the entertainment industry, particularly in theater. Um, so I did graduate College Park in 2011, which was very exciting. Um, and then went on to Texas State, where I got a BFA Bachelor of Fine Arts in Production and Performance with an emphasis in stage management, because at the time we did not have a actual stage management program, but we kind of got to make it our own, which was very exciting because we had a fa- I had a fantastic mentor and professor who uh, thankfully believed in the hands-on approach of you have to be there, live it, breathe it. And that's when you can understand it because more than anything, theater is about people and communicating to the masses emotions and feelings, well, emotions, um, and situations and stories and things like that. And that's something I deeply gravitated to Um, Science and math have never been my forte. Um, They were very much a foreign language to me. Um, So, but theater and history and English and arts, that clicked for me. Um, But over time I discovered how to meld like right brain and left brain with communication and logistics and understanding time zones. Especially when I was on tour being like I was in New York, when I'm talking to LA because we're going there in a couple of weeks and figuring out that logistics and all that stuff um, really helped me solidify like it is possible to have best of those worlds. So,
0: yeah. So, well, I, I feel like this is a very specific industry and a very specific career, um, mm-hmm. and like many other careers that I'm learning, that I've learned since working in the shop. I know it's a thing, but I didn't know that that was like a full on career and degree and things online. So what do you feel like you've said that, um, you said that kind of the arts and the theater is what clicked for you. What do you feel like you were being called to when you selected, this is what I wanna do. This is what I'm gonna to go to school for, School for this is what I'm gonna pursue. Oh yeah. Um. Huh.
1: Good question. <laughs> so basically, All my life, I've never, I was definitely that kid that was like, one day I'm going to be a cowboy, one day I'm going to be an astronaut, the next day I'm going to be a fairy princess, and, or just like, I was like, I'm going to be a business woman, just any business, I don't care what business, I'm going to do it. Um, So my Pathway has never been directed. It has been very zigzaggy. And I was like, oh, that's shiny, what's that do? And like, oh, that's really cool over there and go over there and try something new. But when I joined, well, when I arrived at College Park, I had a wonderful theater teacher who's still there, Miss Levonsky, who was like, hey, yeah, I know you have a dancer background. Um, we're doing a show, do you want to do costumes? And I started doing costumes and then that clicked. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is amazing shows and behind the scenes stuff super cool and then she introduced me to stage managing which is the people who in a very literal sense manage the stage so all the scene changes all the people backstage all the lights that you see there is one person overseeing all of that and calls all of that stuff to happen in a timely manner in a safe manner and all that stuff and then she was like by the way did you know you can go to college for this and i was like shut up that's exciting And so She helped me look for schools and I chose Texas State because I'm also a huge Texas girl. And I was like, gotta stay local, but also far enough away. Um, So started that and then I met amazing humans at Texas State um, and in the Austin area because it's just down the road from San Marcos um, and just had a great time. But my career path has been many things because I, when I joined Texas State, I thought, I'm going to be a stage manager. That's all I want to be. And then I was like, maybe I'll be an assistant stage manager. And the assistant stage manager primarily focuses on the actual stage itself with scene changes and props, handoffs, and costumes, whereas the stage manager is kind of the umbrella of everything. And then the ASM gets down to the details. Um, And I thought, oh, I'll just be that. And then I kept changing. And then Thankfully, my professor also was like, hey, by the way, I'm also going to give you all these job opportunities in every avenue of theater, and I need you to take them all just to see what it's, this is actually more than anything, just to be like, no, I don't want to do that. No, I don't want to do that. Or, you know, be like, yes, I actually like this better than stage management, all that stuff, which was super helpful because in the end i discovered how much i love theater how much i love seeing people's faces and like expressing joy or sadness or understanding a different perspective than their own it's literally a glimpse into a whole nother world and you get to be in that world for 90 to like two hours to however long that show is and you get to live it breathe it and experience it And I especially love doing children's shows because kids literally do say the darndest things. They have zero filter and it's so genuine and so pure that when they talk, they will straight up tell you, like, I did not like that. Or Or they're very much like, no, I love that. That was awesome. So right before the pandemic hit, I was actually doing a dinosaur show. We toured with um, life-size dinosaur puppets. And the number of kids that came up afterwards with all these amazing dinosaur facts that I did not know because there was a meet and greet afterwards we got to meet the dinosaurs. And they were like, that's a triceratops and they blah, 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 blah. And I was like, that's awesome. I did not know that. That's super cool. Little five-year-old with more information than I have. Awesome. And so it was great to see this spark and this joy. And like, I, most of the time people think when they bring kids to shows that they're going to influence them to be singers and performers or whatever. And like, that's great. And we could always use more singers and performers, but more than anything, I love seeing their faces, especially the super young ones where they're like, I did not know I could learn more about dinosaurs and make a career out of that. Or they could grow up to be anthropologists or archaeologists or really anything in science or geologists and, you know, really find different avenues that spark interest to in them because that's basically what theater is, is showing you a new world that maybe you on your own time can go in and explore. So that is what overall called me was those never ending possibilities that
0: theater can provide. I love that. That's awesome. And, and you can definitely hear the passion in your voice and in your answers. So um, yes. I really like that. Thank you. What do you feel like you've mentioned your mentors and the people like professors and the teachers that kind of pushed you to try new things and do new things. What do you feel like has prepared you the most for entering into this career and continuing it as it's ever changing?
1: Yes. Um, the, best thing best advice i think i ever picked up from a movie or something um this was way before the Jim care movie someone told me to just say yes just take the job um i do believe it was something my dad said where he was like you know it's an experience just go do it um so my and then that was something my mentor like just kept reiterating and i one of the things that prepared me was i said yes to just about any job in college over half of it, they straight up were paying me in pizza. And I got very tired of the Pizza Hut $5 walkout pizza. Because mm-hmm. uh, there you either get cheese or pepperoni. And I was like, great, I know what I'm having for the rest of the week. Right. Um, and <laughs> that's basically what it was. But it was amazing because even though that sounded really bad and I was living off of fumes for a while there. Uh, both gas and energy level. Um, I met some of the most incredible human beings, and I got references from those people that pursue that helped me pursue my career. And it later on in life, I'm actually referring people to those uh, people that I was looking up to and everything, and still look up to. But um, just saying yes, like I swept so many stages, and I was living in the heat of Austin summer with all black sleeves all the way down to my arms because you can't be seen as a crew member and all that stuff and just sweating profusely. And they were like, good job, here's your slice. Okay, see you tomorrow. And I was like, thanks. And it was because of that, I got to prove my hard work and I got to sh- show people that I can be on time. I can do the grunt work, I can be here. And because of that, I then got a strong understanding of like, well, I want to be a leader someday. I understand what these people do, my crew. I understand what they do. And because of that, I can lead y'all better because I understand the lingo. I understand how much time it actually takes to do that job. And I understand the amount of energy it takes. And so when I divvy up tasks for people to do, I will not give someone the bulk of something that I'm like, okay, it actually takes quite a bit of time to mop the floor because of X, Y, and Z. So I will just give you sweep and mop, and then you guys over here, you're gonna go do something else. Right. And so it's all about time management when it comes down to that, but just an appreciation of your crew, I think, is the best way to be a leader. And so that really helped, you know, solidify that. And then also saying yes to a lot of jobs because I also came to realize, like, I didn't really want to be an assistant stage manager, which was someone who kind of got told what to do more than anything. I was like, no, I want to be the one that does the leading. I want to be the one that's like, I got my finger on the pulse. I know it's happening at all times. And I'm trusting you, person who I've trained to be this, this role, You, I'm giving you confidence to do this. And so that is also rewarding to be like, I got you um, in this whole grand scheme of things, which is really nice.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I think in every job that I've had, there's always been that work that the, the leader, they don't think the leader should be doing, whether that was when I worked at the YMCA cleaning the locker rooms or cleaning out the pool, but it does give you like doing it, stepping up and doing it is that leadership quality. Mm -hmm. And like you said, it, you really get a better sense of how long that's going to take someone or the work that is, how hard that really is, and like cleaning out a pool filter. Yeah, like no, do that. You're but the same mind. time, are like, I have an appreciation for those who can. Right. So nice. Yes. Yes. So I think that that's a great point. So thank you for kind of speaking towards that. All right, we're gonna take a short break. All right, welcome back. We are speaking today with Kat Carson, who is a tour, event, and stage manager, specifically within the theater industry. Um, While COVID is having a pause on our theater industry, while I am not the type of person. I'm not a theater person. I love going to the shows and I love, I am the one who's seen Wicked like nine times and Hamilton. It's it's brilliant. Yes. So, um, I, I am that person in the audience that is experiencing every emotion that you were helping to put on and perform and the people that you're working with. So, um, as an audience member, I thank you for that. But, um, (laughs) I, I want to jump in and out of your, um, career so far, what do you feel like has been your proudest moment? Oh, proudest moment.
1: Selfishly, I do have to say my proudest moment, which made me feel like career-wise I made it, um, was I was on tour with this group called Champions of Magic. It's this big illusionist show. Um, I was the stage manager, and they are actually a UK company that came to the States, and I met them while they were here, and I joined their group as the stage manager. And then they told me that we they were going back to the UK and they asked me to join them. And I was like, yes. And that was also my first true international trip because I have been to Canada, but it's not really the same. This was like a, you're getting on a plane, you're going overseas. You have to get weird money like let's do this and work. And I was like, yes. And so I got to see an experience which you think everything would be the same relatively because we all speak English but their English is very different than ours. And so learning that a spanner is a wrench and different things like that was quite a lingo challenge for my brain but it was just so phenomenal. So selfishly, that was my proudest moment but in all honesty, career-wise my proudest moment happens on every show. And it's when the team that I'm working with doing whatever job title I currently have just clicks that moment when, and I, I don't know who's listening to this, but if someone I know is listening to this, they're going to make fun of me because I say it all the time, but teamwork makes the dream work. It is the cheesiest line out there, but it is so right. It's so right because honestly, theater is so collaborative. It's not crew versus actors or designers versus directing team it is a true collaboration and when everybody is working together with the same goal in mind of having a wonderful production that gets its message across whether it's a deep message or a silly message or whatever comes across then you that's when you've really made it that is when you have done everything you possibly can and i love those moments when you can just look at your team member and just have that weird eye communication and they're just like, yeah, I've already done it. And I'm like, I haven't even asked you what you've done. That's fantastic. And the show is just phenomenal. And life has its up hiccups because it's live theater. And so things happen. But even in those moments, you're like, my team's got it because we're all in this together, like a cheesy high school musical song. it's just fantastic. And the, that honestly is my proudest moment is when I get to actually witness that and feel it. And it's just, ugh, it just gives me goosebumps. <laughs>
0: so when you when you say you were I think you said for the magic show or the group that went to the with local and then you went to the UK and you were kind of picked up by then is that something that you like if some we have a listener who's wanting to follow in line with that is that something to apply for or is it because you were working within one show they saw you and asked you to come like how does what's that process like Yeah, of course. It's kind of different for everybody depending on
1: what aspect in the theater world you're trying to get into. But for the most part, the biggest way to get in is networking, which is why I always tell people say yes to just about any job you never know who you're going to meet or who is going to be in the audience or anything like that because people some theater community. um, It's very people always say it's like, it's all who you know, but in the theater slash entertainment industry, it kind of is because we're a very close knit group because the hours are awful. You basically work 18 hour days. Um, The pay is pretty crappy, even if for like, you have to really work your way up there if you want to be making a pretty decent wage Um, and all that stuff. So when you hire somebody, you want to work with someone that you like and all that stuff. And you know a little about and has some someone vouch for you a little bit so networking is really really important um second thing is is that there are now quite a few forums that have um like online forums that have job postings specifically for theatrical people um and so the champions the magic show i actually found them online funny enough on one of those forums um but it was for just a um a temporary gig, and then it turned into a three-year-long, oh, okay. Um but all of my jobs, just as like a little side note, are contract-based. I am a freelancer. I do not work for technically a specific company. I work for varying groups under my own name, but I am associated with that company.
0: Oh, okay. All right. That clears it up, and I think any listeners out there that are interested in that, that might give I'm sure they had the same question, or they probably already know those answers, and I just am not familiar with it. So,
1: no, yeah, there is, you can technically have residency, is what we call it at certain theaters. It is very rare, oh. uh, especially nowadays. That's typically also more on the administrative side. So, like the hiring people and all that stuff, it's usually more sit
0: down, you're with this company. Okay. All right. Thank you. So we, your greatest accomplishment on the flip side of that, what do you feel like has been your greatest challenge? Oh, greatest challenge, um, just to get heavy for
1: a second, uh, honestly, is being a female in a male dominated industry. Uh, that tide is changing, thankfully. It is a slow process, um, but it is still a thing. Theater, honestly, is one of the oldest professions in the world. Um, it goes back to the Greeks and the Romans and all that stuff. Um, and it's always been male-dominated. Even in Shakespeare's time, um, female actors were not a thing. Female anything. If you sewed, that was basically your job. Right, um, And it's just kind of been a weird stigma ever since that whole craze. Um, and so it still is a thing. It's not as bad. Um, and thankfully due to unions and stuff like that, it has gotten better. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the fact that we are, uh, as a whole, able to speak up and everything, but there have been times um, I've had to speak up more because um, I also have this slightly high-pitched voice. I am not very tall. And so being surrounded by some, like, anywhere near six-foot humans, I am 5'3", so anywhere near six-foot humans, people are like, this tiny mousy person is telling me what to do I don't like it and I'm like no you are because I have gone toe to toe with some 6-3 very large union linebacker style guys and I was like I don't care you're still gonna have to do what I say because honestly we're all in this together and I do know the show a little bit better than you so if you could just help me out yeah <laughs> but but honestly it is getting better and it's all about open communication and I think honestly anybody in the calling executive choice situation, you tend to have people kind of look at you a little extra because they're also like, why are you making that decision? So that happens as well.
0: Yeah. That's one that I, I mean, I never, I would have never thought, I mean, I know that's a thing, but um, it just puts a new perspective on things, especially hearing it from you, who is firsthand and has firsthand experienced those and as you grow and learn from that. Where, and I, I feel like this is, can be an ever-changing question, especially over the last year, um, but where do you see yourself in five years? Yeah, of course,
1: um, ideally in five years, uh, theater is back and it is thriving. Um, my ideal goal is that I would deeply love to be back out touring. Um, people always joke around that I kind of have a free spirit, gypsy heart. I definitely like for some reason, this like suitcase lifestyle of traveling on the road and being in a different state every night and um, seeing different things and interacting with different people and cultures and things of that nature. So I definitely would like to hopefully still be tour managing. ideally, and whatever that entails. Um, Thankfully, tour managing is more on the business side. I've started to really enjoy that aspect and the negotiation part and figuring out logistics of where people sleep and, you know, um, all of that. And so really getting to dive in and truly see that because right when COVID began slash the shutdown, that was what I was doing. And that was my trajectory. And then COVID hit and I had to take an abrupt pause. And so I really want to dive back into that and see where that
0: path could possibly lead me. Yeah. What, what would you, sorry, I was just thinking through all the people that have been, I mean, all the people that have been affected in that same way, like, mm-hmm. all, I mean, I know I remember watching news stories last year about all the like Broadway actors and actresses that it was just like, as like you said, an abrupt stop and ending. And I just started thinking about all those people that have been affected outside of just kind of that front line of mm-hmm. um, people. Yeah, like- I was in uh, New York City when the shutdown happened,
1: and I got the last flight out of texas before they shut down the airplane or airports and stuff and so it was very much and i had people from the uk with me and so on the phone i was getting updates about covid and on the other line i was talking to customs about getting people back home because they were going to be quarantined here and we were like i have to get these people back to the uk so they can quarantine there like they cannot quarantine here yeah yeah that abrupt stop was just I did not see it coming. I felt like I should have, but like hindsight 2020, but at the same
0: time was like, oh my goodness, this is this is a thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, goodness. Well, most of our listeners are that high school age. What would you go back and tell your high school self? What's that one piece of advice? Oh my gosh, the same advice I give myself now a lot. But the, as a
1: kid, I would, or anyone in high school or middle school, I would say, don't be afraid to say yes to job opportunities. Um, and even if it's not in your field, even if it's not the path that you think you need to be on to get that job, you will be surprised because you put you get what you put into it. So. Yes, I swept the stage and yes, I mopped and did all those things, but now I know how to keep a really clean house like I can mop the floor. And that is a skill set that I have that I deeply appreciate and I can recognize it in others and just really don't be afraid that the path isn't what you thought because everything is a learning moment and you can take it and run with it and make something of it and then appreciate the hell out of it later. Yeah. Um, so just don't be afraid to say, sure, I'll take that job and find out. Because also, like I said, you have no idea who you're going to meet. Right. So all those Disney movies and whatever movies out there where they're like, and then that guy just showed up and then my world changed. That actually happens. Like yeah. it's not exactly always fairy tale and rainbows, but at the same time, you'd be surprised how many people, because especially, especially if someone is interested in the theater world, we're also slightly more friendly bunch and we want we do believe in the pass it on the um you've made it so you need to turn around and help those also make it and so that is also a huge part of this industry is see a need fill a need be the need whatever
0: it's written really nice yeah and listeners that can apply to all industries yes
1: it's not just for theater it can be anywhere don't be afraid to take that job don't be afraid to take that weekend experience or whatever you need it's it's pretty powerful what you can make out of just about anything
0: right right well i have left this we are getting close to wrapping up and so we like to um end each podcast with just a couple of other quick get to know you questions what is and you've kind of touched on this but the that best piece of advice and I know that you've said this multiple times, but I'm gonna keep asking it because I think it's one that needs to sink in whether this is an adult listening or a high school student listening today.
1: Yes, my, my best piece of advice I could possibly give is to just say yes, get your foot in the door, ask the questions and don't be afraid of the skills that you can learn from that,
0: yeah. whatever it be. Yes. And then this is a fun twist on the, our normal question is three things that are on your desk that those might not have but we have you've twisted it up for us here three things that you bring to make your desk while you're on the road and traveling since that's kind of your atmosphere is in your realities that you are on the road whenever you can be so what are the things that you bring to give yourself a desk
1: yeah so yeah whenever i'm on the road i basically i just find like solid surface and ideally a room with a door that can I can make my office. Um, And one of the things that I bring is sticky notes. I am a sucker for some sticky notes. I think they are a great use of either sending my, making myself reminders, um, writing little comical notes to the actors and putting it on their dressing room mirror or just being like, hey, you look really nice today or things like that. And then also because we're typically a family and also you need some like uh levity and all the seriousness i do like to write little notes and put them on people's backs as i'm giving them a hug or if they're just walking by i'll just like slap a little note on their back not necessarily always a kick me but usually it's like a heart or just something honestly really stupid (laughs) Um, And then my second thing is a very large eraser because also in theater we still use pencils and all of our stuff because a lot of times everything is constantly changing. So you have to keep erasing what you wrote an hour ago because it no longer is in effect. Um, And so I keep a really large one and I usually am followed by a trail of eraser shavings um, everywhere because why not? (laughs) And Then my third item typically varies. Um, but it's usually a toy of some sort. It's either a tennis ball or a Rubik's cube, or honestly, last time it was a squirt gun. And then I just got a bubble gun that uh, someone gave me because they thought it was cute. And I, it's blue, so I love it. Um, but I personally don't like having idle hands. The moving of the Rubik's cube really helps me focus. Mm -hmm. much like a fidget spinner, but I was using the fidget spinner too much that I was like, no, can't do this. The cookie part was addicting. (laughs) Um, But also because of my particular job title, a lot of people come to me with either a problem or they just need to talk or something. And I find having something in their hands kind of makes it easier we didn't have conversations or they're just coming and talk to me to tell me something funny. A lot of times they will just pick up whatever's on my desk and it's like that I'm going to play with this now. And so I find it a good conversation tool as well to be like, hello, do you want to play with this Rubik's Cube? Great.
0: What's going on? Oh, that's nice. So yeah, those are my three items. I love that. All right. Well, thank you so much, Kat. I have enjoyed um, getting to know you. Well, I mean, your parents are big supporters of EFTA. And so um, I know them. And so it was great to give a get a chance to get to know you and um, a new career. I mean, it's a new career to me to learn about. And so um, if we do have listeners out there that are interested in that, or they're interested in the theater or kind of anything within that realm of arts, Um, I really just appreciate you taking time to share your insights and your stories and your path with us. So thank you. Thank you, it's
1: such a pleasure and an honor being here. Yeah, my parents are huge uh, advocates of this group and I listen to the stories growing up or whenever I come home and they're just like, did you hear about this at the science fair? And I was like, that is impressive. Yeah. So I'm very excited for all the generations that come out of this because every year at the science fair my parents tell me a new fun thing. And I was
0: like, yes, our world is safe. Dude, yes. Is safe. <laughs> we have smart minds behind us, so. Exactly, I'm so excited. Well, thank you so much, Kat. Listeners, if you'd like to learn more about EFTA and the programs that we offer online and in person, you can visit us at www.efta-us.org. Thank you so much, Kat. I hope that you have a great rest of your day. You too.
1: Thank you.